El último vagón, Spanish for the last wagon, it's a gay cultural phenomenon of Mexico City, where gay men cruise aboard the last train car looking for love and a little mischief. Join La Ciguamonta on his sexcapades and 690 gangs on El Último Vagón. Here. Welcome to the very first episode of Friday Good Adventures for Mexico City's Ultimo Vagan. Since this is the first installment of this podcast, I like to make it an intro episode so you'll get to know me a little bit better. So this is going to be a short one about who actually is La Ciguamonta, what's my story, and why did I decide to start this Friday Good podcast. So I'm just gonna jump right into it. I'm 23 years old. I was born and raised in Guatemala. I moved here to Mexico about four and a half years ago when I was uh, uh, 19 uh, because I got a scholarship from the Mexican government to study here. I studied international relations and as a matter of fact, honey, I just earned my diploma about two weeks ago. So I'm very excited about that because the school was hell to me, honey. So Let me tell you a little bit more about my story. When when I moved here, it was, I felt, I was overwhelmed. It was hard at first because it's a chaotic city. Like, it, there's too many people and the, the pollution is a stressful city. I mean, it's just, if you're from a small town like Guatemala, it is, it is, it is going to be overwhelming, especially me at 19, right? So I was kind of young. Um, but I also, like, I did not want to be in Guatemala, right? So I, I, I came here with a blindfold on my eyes, basically, because I did not know what I was getting myself into. I, I did not want to be in Guatemala because I came out of the closet when I was 16 years old. When I was 16 years old, I came out of the closet in 2011, May 21st, 2011. I remember, I remember the exact date, honey, because my world hasn't been the same ever since that day. Um... So May 21st, 2011, I came out of the closet, and after, after I did that, my, my social life disappeared, basically, because my parents wouldn't let me go out, because before that, I would go out on their backs, you know, like I would say, hey, I'm going out to a friend's house to study for a certain exam or some stuff like that, and I would go to the gay club. So when I, when, when I came out of the closet, they figured it out, and they knew I, I had lied to them, so it was kind of like two shocks to them. First, that their kid was a fucking faggot, and second of all, that this kid who's a faggot had lied to them to go to the gay club. So they have freaked out. You know, Guatemala is a conservative country, so... My parents are kind of religious also, so it was kind of hard. At first, kind of, they suggested me to go into conversion therapy and stuff like that. So, uh, it was rough. It was rough. So, I, 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 just, I just knew I did not want to be in Guatemala because not only I would not go out, I would not meet other people, but also I just felt so, you know, it was weird. Like, for the first, I don't know how much time I was, I think it was like one year, my parents took my desk out of my bedroom, so... I would work on the living room and anyhow, anyhow. So I just did not want to be in Guatemala. So I worked my ass off in school to get a scholarship and study abroad. 
Um, and I finally, and, and, I, and I finally, it, it finally happened to me. I finally got a scholarship to come to Mexico. Uh, as I said, I came with a blindfold on my eyes because I did not know what I was getting myself into. Like I thought I would be, after moving, like I would be more free to have a social life and it would be better. Like I would meet people and go out and stuff like that. Stuff that I hadn't been doing for, for my teen years. Um, um, but that wasn't the case. <laughs> that wasn't the case because I had to do groceries. I had to pay my rent. I had to be an adult basically. And also school really was hell to me, honey. It, 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 I went to a really demanding school, so it wasn't good. It wasn't, it, it wasn't good. And to maintain the scholarship, they like, I needed to get certain grades. So it was really, really stressful. And I'm saying all of this to say, basically, Throughout the years, I've I've think I've grown perverse. I think I've grown perverse, and um, uh, like um, metaphorically, I went to from one prison cell, which was my house, to another prison cell, which was a school here in Mexico. So maybe I would be independent to pay for my rent, and you know maybe go to the gay club once or twice, but I wouldn't be independent in the sense that school took so much of my time. Right, so I wouldn't go out that much because of because of school, and also the school is in is in the city, but it's in the very south of the city. So I I, I lived very in the south of the city, so whenever I went out, which was was like which was very very occasionally, um, very very like it was not frequent at all. Like I would just have to spend so much money on a kid or stuff like that. Like I wouldn't have fun. I wouldn't have fun and. Anyhow, like it was, it was, it was rough years for me, girl. It was rough years for me because I thought like, damn, I'm finally getting out of Guatemala, finally getting on my, on my parents' house, which is great. And I come here and I come to this shitty school that's just so demanding. And I was just so afraid because I, I, as I said, like I did not know what I was getting myself into. So I grew perverse. I, that made me grow perverse over the years. And I think in a way, civilization makes us, you know, at least not all of us, but certain people makes us grow perverse. You know what I'm saying? So... One of these, one of one of those parts that made me realize I've grown perverse was the metro's ultimo wagon. So the the metro's ultimo, the subway's ultimo wagon is like in, on each train that goes through whatever line of the of the metro system, uh, it is it is it is a urban myth that is like a gay cruising spot. But it bothers me when people th- think it's only a myth. Like it's a re- it's a reality also. It's a reality also. So I'm making this podcast to let you know let everyone know about El Ultimo Wagon because I think it's such a cool spot. Uh, it's such a cool cruising spot for gay men in the city and I want to let foreigners know because I do want to say um a year after I came here my parents came to visit so when I was 20 right my parents came to visit and um and um my I I I remember we were like doing some sightseeing on the city and stuff like that and we ran across some guide kiosk like tourist kiosk or something like that and my and my father saw um he saw a, a, a lgbt tourist sightseeing guide and he picked it up for me and he gave it to me and later he regret he gave that to me because he thought like i would go to all of these lgbt places that are so bad for people and stuff like that i don't know you know what several people think i don't know and anyway i kept it and during that summer i i visited uh, some of these places, right? But this guide was made by the city government. So, 
so it had like some hotels and some bars and some clubs and some gay clubs and some gay friendly restaurants or whatever uh, because Mexico seems I don't know since when I think it, it's been since 2010 or something like that Mexico City has been trying to sell itself as a gay friendly city um, and we have like here Mexico City Mexico City is known as a Isle of Rights not only in Mexico, the whole country, but also in Latin America. Like, there's gay marriage here, and there's, like, a clinic for trans people to get a hormone replacement replacement treatment, uh, HRT. And there's, you know, there's there's been some advancements in that, in that area, in public policy regarding LGBT people. So, I mean, La Clinica Condesa, which is the clinic that gives um, HRT uh, for trans people... Um, it's 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 like renowned, right? Like not not many countries in Latin America has have that. So anyhow, I think there has been like certainly this has come with some pink washing. I mean, Mexico is one of the is the second country with the most sec with the mo with the highest rate. Is the second if the second country with the highest rate in Latin America of uh, trans murders. So, I mean, people still getting killed. There's still violence and stuff like that. So I think there's in this in this trying to sell the city as a gay-friendly city, there has been some pinkwashing. And, like, I think I've, I've met some foreigners that come here and go to these um, gay-friendly restaurants and stuff like that, but don't really get to know the other side of the coin, which is, you know what kind of goes down in in other parts of the city uh, where the working class or or poor people kind of get to hang along um so i, I do want to i do want to make this about el ultimo vagon because i i want to i want to make justice to el ultimo vagon you know what i'm saying i feel a social commitment to it um but on a side but by on another side i do feel like a f- political and a philosophical affinity to el ultimo vagon um, so I want to let foreigners know about it because first of all, it's so much fun to me. It, ha- it has been so much fun. Second of all, it has been so representative of me growing perverse. And, uh, third, I think just more people should know about it. And fourth, like I, I have a social commitment to it because I think it's a, it's a place that's fading out. I mean, as pinkwashing, uh, has, you know, uh, become more present on the city and as gay apps have also be- gained presence on the city, just such places as the Ultimo Vagon have, you know, been fading out and dissipating and stuff like that. So I just want to talk about it. I just want to, you know, let foreigners know about it, like give some justice to it because I think it deserves it. I mean, it has done so much things for me. <laughs> Not to get emotional or anything, honey. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, when when I came here, like I actually I actually only got to use the metro a year after I was here because at uh because the first year like I wouldn't use it because I was scared I was scared like I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to use it I would get myself lost I would end up God knows where and I would not know my way back home so I just I wouldn't use it and then I made some friends and then they taught me how to use it and it's actually like really easy to use it and it's pretty efficient compared to other, um, to the bus system or to other types of, uh, public transport, um, transport services. So it's cool. Um, but, but I, but I, I, I've, I've, I've come, I've recently discovered the last wagon as a gay cruising spot and I, and I love it. And, and I, I'm going to tell you why do I love it. I'm going to tell you why do I love it and what's the charm of El Ultimo Wagon. And I think the charm of El Ultimo Wagon is, is that la entorneria 
is what um, rings in El Último Vagón. Does that make sense? I'm going to explain that. We, we're going to have wagon jargon segments. And wagon jargon segments are going to be when I say a word, <clears throat> a word in Spanish that doesn't have an exact translation to English. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have, I'm going to explain it. So I just said entroneria. So listen carefully, you guys, because this is, this is very important. <laughs> entroneria. So being entron, uh, being entron is when someone is kind of a go-getter and a ride or die. So being entron is usually in a, an, an antonym is the opposite of being a calienta huevos. A calienta huevos is someone literally literally a calienta huevos means an egg an egg warmer. So an egg warmer a calienta huevos is someone who say on grinder, right? Say on grinder you're exchanging news and you think both of you are into each other and you're like uh texting or whatever and you are gonna meet and at the very last minute they end up blocking you or they end up ghosting you or it, it just not, it just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Even if you have all the elements to believe, you're gonna fuck. Or you're gonna meet, or you're gonna go on a date, whatever whatever it is, it, it doesn't happen. So it's basically a teaser. Someone who teases you, someone who like sends you photos and talks to you and whatever. But at the very end of the day, they just they probably were just bored and just wanted to talk to someone or whatever. Anyhow, so that's a calenta huevos, right? That's a calenta huevos, someone who teases you, someone who is on grinder and who's like very comfortable doing like mean stuff like this behind a keyboard. And the opposite of that is a person who is entron. So a person who is entron or entrona is someone who's like, you know, a go-getter who, who you know, hey, let's fuck. And they are down to fuck. Hey, let's, I don't know, have a meal. And they are down to have a meal. And it could be either for like um, uh, someone on Grinder or for a friend too. Like you, you you have your ride or die type of friend, you know what I'm saying? And, and you know, they, they would like go out, go, they would go out with you on the club or they would go out with you on the movies or they would go out with, uh, with you on whatever activity that you ride or that friends. And you can call them and, hey, we're watch popping, like, you want to do something? And they'd be like, you know, down to do something. So, 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 uh, uh, and a person who is in Trona is someone like that, someone who is like, you know, very go getter and very, you know, let's do it and very like, who seizes the moment in a way and who, you know, it's, it's not a calenta huevos. It's not a teaser. You know, you know, you also have a friend who, who you say, hey, we should meet. And they're like, oh, yeah, we should meet. And then it never happens. You know, that would be kind of like a calienta huevos. Although calienta huevos is more used like in the grinder type of uh, vibe, in the grinder sphere, because it's more of a um, calienta huevos, like it's a testy warmer. So a friend wouldn't warm your testes, I guess. <laughs> um, anyhow, but Entron do, has, do, do also have... Entron also has other meaning. Like for some people, entron um, is also uh, people who might have some, I don't know how to say it, maybe some like extreme sexual practices, like I don't know, bareback or like party and play or camp fun or drugs and stuff like that. That might be also considered a person who is entron. But I rather, you know, I rather resignify that word as the opposite of calienta huevos, as the opposite of a teaser, which on Grindr, you guys, I mean, I'm sure, like, if you ever use Grindr, I mean, you are, there's plenty of calienta huevos in there. There's plenty of calienta huevos in there. There's plenty of people who, like, would tease you and send news and whatever, and at the end of the day, nothing happens. So, back to the main topic here. So, la entroneria, which is, like, the character of being entroned, is the charm of El Último Vagón. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm going to spend you this. I'm going to spend you this. Uh, I, I hate... I hate gaps. I mean, I think we all hate gaps, but it is it is it is bizarre how we kind of hate gaps, but at the same time, 
we just it's hard for us to leave them it's hard for us to leave them unless you're like on a monogamous serious relationship or whatever you would still have your grinder right so i was like thinking like why is that i mean i was i was thinking why is that and and i think that is that because there isn't any other alternatives for us to meet people and i mean grinder can be shit but it also can get you laid once or twice you know it can work you know it's not it's not all the time that it's shitty i mean once in a while you'll meet some guy who is kind of enthroned and will come to your house and who have good sex with and maybe you'll never meet him again who knows well, maybe he'll be your boyfriend. I don't know. Whatever can happen, I agree there. But whatever can happen also, al el último vagón. So that's the charm of that either. But I do want to make a clear distinction between el último vagón and grinder because it doesn't work the same. And so let's say in grinder, in grinder, like things can be ephemeral, right? Like you can meet some guy, they can come to your house and maybe never meet, meet them again, right? In el último vagón, things can be ephemeral too. Uh, you can meet a guy, you can kiss them or grope them or have oral sex or even have anal sex, yeah, uh, and never meet them again. And that's cool. On Grinder, uh, it can be kind of, uh, you know, very um, fast, right? Like in the moment. So you say you open up Grinder, and if you are like a really hot guy or if you are in a really good luck, five minutes later, the guy comes over you, comes over to your house of, or or 30 minutes later. In in Ultimo Vagon, things are immediate. So I think so 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 things are fast too. And um on, on, on Grindr things may not be significant. So you may have sex with someone and it may not mean that you love each other. On Ultimo Vagon, that might be the case too. So you might meet someone and nothing significant grows out of it. But what I'm trying, what what I think the main distinction from Grinder and El Último Vagón is, is that El Último Vagón allows for spontaneity. First of all, spontaneity. Second of all, immediacy. Because even if even if on Grinder you can get a guy come over like in five minutes, you wouldn't. Like things are mediated. They are mediated by an app. They are mediated by nudes. They are mediated by so much stuff. And at the very moment the person comes to your house, you're not so sure how this person is gonna look like. I mean, if are they nudes stolen? Are they nudes uh, taken from five years ago? You never know. Like when are they? Like if this person is gonna look how they said they look, right? So in the, in Ultimo Wagon, things are not mediated. I mean, the person looks just as it looks in that moment, you know, and, and also it, 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 the Ultimo Vagón allows for spontaneity and complicity, you know, so that's the char- that's the charm of El Ultimo Vagón. So summing up a little bit, it, it, it is like entornería. You won't have any calienta huevos up in El Ultimo Vagón. You won't have any teasers there. Like people who are down to get it are going to be down to get it in El Ultimo Vagón. Second of all, it is that it is immediate. Like not in the sense that it is like right away fast food type of thing, but it is like not mediated by an app, not mediated by nudes, not mediated by what are you looking for? Are you looking or whatever? Not mediated by emojis, let's say. I don't know. It is immediate. And, and third, it is the complicity of it because you're on the public transport. I mean, sometimes straight people will go on that wagon. Sometimes straight people will go on that wagon. On that wagon. Sometimes, sometimes um, um, women would go on uh, in that wagon. Um, 
So that's 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 why I that's what I love about Ultimo Magan. The complicity of it, the immediacy of it, and the spontaneity of it. And and you never truly know what's gonna happen and, and you get nervous and that nervousness can be a turn on at the same time. So you get all this mixture of feelings and it's so it's really exciting. I, I love Ultimo Magan and, and, and I've made some good friends there and I I, I decided to make this podcast because I want to, you know, give justice to it. I want to let foreigners know about it because if you if you're like if you're like a foreigner and want to come to Mexico City and, you know, I don't know, you Google gay tourism in Mexico City, you would like find the regular sightseeing tourist type, type of things and you find the gay clubs and stuff like that. But you wouldn't hear or read a word about El Ultimo Vagón, which is such an... So it, it, it is so representative of gay subculture, urban subculture in the city, you know? So I want to, you know, give El Ultimo Vagón an outlet for foreigners to know about it. So, you know what I'm saying? So I, I really feel like, a, so, as I said, I feel a social commitment to it, but a political a, a, and a philosophical affinity to it. And that's what this podcast is going to be about, okay? So... Just to wrap this up, um, I think I, I'm going to just tell the, the the format of this podcast, which is the idea is I'm going to start maybe with some anecdote about Ultimo Vagon, which allows me to dive into some other like more broad topic. I don't know, like cruising or ghosting or gay apps or pinkwashing or the normalizing of gay erotism in the city. Uh, I don't know. So... I just think I just think I have so many things to say and um you know apropos, you know uh, uh, on El Ultimo Magan and what it has given me so I I hope you guys find it interesting and please stay tuned because for next episode I'll have a special guest who recently had his first time at El Ultimo Magan and he was with me so we'll talk about how how that went and how you know how it usually goes. So uh, please stay tuned. And um, well, this was all for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember to share it with your friends. And if you're planning to come to Mexico, message me on Insta at @lasiwamonta so we can plan a good ride at El Último Vagón. thing I've ever heard. <laughs>